Jalen Hurts. So the winner looks like, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to see a loser on Sunday. Recognize winners. Is he unbelievable? Did he make a mistake? Hurt so good. Come on, Jalen, make it hurt so good. <laughs> Welcome back. Winners Win Podcast. Fresh off an Eagles domination of Kirk Cousins, Minnesota Vikings. Kirk, Monday. he does not like Monday Night Football, does he? Wow, huh? A little bit of a different vibe around this team. You know, I talked about it before. I was worried about the hype, but I think these guys just might be cut different. And that, that was my that was the one thing I was happy about with this team and looking forward to was I just like these guys. I like the coach. Jalen. And look, I you know, we're having fun. I'm not getting all you know, he's MVP or anything. Like some I heard some of that already. It's crazy already, two games. But look, we knew we knew coming in, if you you know, we're in a weird place in the world. Sports, politics. Any type of discussion now, it's so polarized. One side takes, one group takes one side, the other group takes the other side, and they just put their feet in the ground. And nobody says, I was right, I was wrong, there's no humility. Even when they're proven wrong or you try to show them evidence of something, they'll double down. And I, I think, you know, this this hurts thing is just another example. Now look, week one did it with his legs. I thought he was good. I thought he was good. Week one, I thought he did what he had to do. It, it was more impressive after watching Washington play them because I think I think that Detroit team's a little better than people think. Week two, he was lights out. But the people that don't like hurts don't really want to say anything, and the people that do are saying he's MVP. So both sides just get get over the top. But here, here's what I saw. Emotion aside, here's what I saw from the kid. Already knew he checked all the boxes. That that was already decided. Hard worker, leader, all the stuff we've talked about. Not scared of the moment. Played at big time programs. I never bought into that he doesn't have arm strength. Always thought it was ridiculous. But I worried about accuracy. I worried about decision making. I worried about how quick he could get it through his reads. And when his first read wasn't there, what's he going to do? Turnovers and bad spots, etc. And look. NFL's week to week, it could change in five days. I mean, today could change in three days. But here's what I saw. I saw a guy who's a lot more confident with the offense, his second year in Sirianni's offense. He hasn't had the same coach two years in a row since high school. I saw a guy who knew where he was going with the ball pre-snap. I saw a guy that got the ball out of his hands, set his feet in the pocket and delivered. I saw a guy who threw to a lot of wide open guys. And found the right receiver. He wasn't like week one just throwing to one guy. He was whoever was open with a little mustard on it. Saw a lot of accuracy. Saw a lot of confidence. Ran when he had to. Got rid of the ball quick. Quick decisions. And then I went back and watched some some footage. And there was a lot of guys. Guys were running wide open all over the field. But 
There were there were throws. There's a handful of throws that he threw into some really tight windows. Really tight windows. He made one play. It got called back. But he rolled out of the pocket. Play broke down. Lions win on the on the front. Defensive line front. Play breaks down. He rolls out to his left. Running towards the sideline. Threw the ball across his body to, I believe, Devontae Smith on the sideline. Dead on the money. Away from the safety. Unbelievable throw. Handful of quarterbacks make the throw. So, all positives. Extremely encouraging to see what he did on Monday. And does it with his feet. I think that offensively... Oh, by the way, and doesn't turn the ball over. The interception, I don't count. Hit off Gainwell's hands. Wasn't his fault. But not careless with the ball for two weeks. I think he has the highest quarterback rating through two weeks. If there's a negative, I'd say they didn't score in the second half, which is concerning for their firepower. Offensively, I thought I thought they had an unbelievable game plan. I thought they came in first, you know, first drives always scripted, so I never get too excited, but first drive is incredible, and then the whole first half, just up and down the field, whatever they wanted. So A++ on offensive execution. Defensively, guy I don't like, big play Slay. I know, I guess I'll give him some credit under the lights. He did play well. He played really well. And I'm, I'm, I'm man enough to admit that. Um, I still don't trust him. I still think in a big game down the stretch, he might go missing. But played well, played, played a really talented receiver. Was all over him. Secondary, I thought was really good. They got a lead and started bringing heat. They got a lot more pressure. So defensively, you know, you give up seven points. I give them A plus all around. I think if there's one weakness, you know, kick returner, punt returner, you know, special team so far doesn't look like their strong suit. Got a field goal blocked. But overall, you can't, you know, I'm not going to nitpick, but that stuff, if they're going to get deep, going to make a deep run at some point, they're going to have to clean that stuff up. I look around the NFC, you know, I don't see juggernauts, you know, and I know it's only two weeks, but I go through it. Who is there, really? You know, you have the Rams, you have the Niners, which Jimmy G, I think, is a blessing for the Niners. You always got to consider Tampa and Green Bay, but they don't look like unbeatable teams. Dallas, I don't know. You know, is Cooper Rush going to carry them, but maybe they pick somebody up. Played well last week, maybe Dak gets back. Giants right now look good, but I don't know. Washington, the NFC East, interestingly enough, looks okay. The rest of that NFC, I'm not I'm not scared of anybody at the moment. So there's no reason with their schedule, if they're not hurt, that they shouldn't be there competing for the not only the division, but uh, at the top of that conference, really, from what I've seen offensively, especially at the defense. I don't, I don't fully trust that defense yet, but they're always pretty good at home, and, um, and they looked good the other night for the most part. So I think... Um, one thing I'll, you know, looking ahead, the NFL is so week to week. I, I have some concerns about Sunday. Here's why. I'm watching the NFL a long time. Anytime a team starts to get hyped in the national media, gamblers, they have a game like they had Monday where they didn't really make any mistakes. Usually the next week they're not as sharp. Especially it's a short week. They played Monday night. 
There's a lot of excitement. You're feeling yourself a little bit. And then they have a 1 o'clock game Sunday on the road in Washington against a division team who lost last week. Carson, to be fair, I never loved him. But he's been Jekyll and Hyde. He always is Jekyll and Hyde. He could look like he doesn't belong in the NFL one drive where he's throwing interceptions to linemen and he's kind of stumbling all over the place. And then he'll, then he'll you know, throw for three touchdowns and, and make some crazy throws. I, he's so inconsistent. So I don't know what you'll get from him. He has he has some weapons this year. They're not they're not terrible. They could beat you on a bad day. So I Eagles are a heavy favorite. I think they're six and a half at the moment on the road. Short week. Uh, it'll say a lot to me. I'll be really impressed if they go there on a short week and they look really good again and impress. I'll be really impressed. I'll start to really raise expectations really high. Usually historically in my from from my experience, a team that did what they did on Monday night, short week division game Sunday at one o'clock that comes out a little flat, makes some mistakes. Could be a tough game Sunday. Look for that to be a really tough game Sunday. And if not, you might have a real contender here. And you know, you look at the rest of the league. You know, it's funny. I <laughs> I have to get back to the Hurts thing for a minute. You know that it's funny how people play results, you know. I, I hear I hear some people now saying MVP and he's a top eight quarterback in the league and it just it just shows you in life, man. You know, whoever doubts you, oh you once you prove them right, they all they all kind of start to at some point turn. But you know, I look around the league, there's a lot of bad quarterback. A lot. There's a lot of really poor quarterback play. And that was my whole thing. What hurts from the beginning was to people that didn't like him, what are your options? What do you want? You want to run a guy out of town who checks all these boxes? I'm, I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not saying he's not going to make mistakes or have bad games or I don't know if he can win you a Super Bowl. I don't know any of that yet. No one does. But w- the guys that th- that just wanted to throw him to the wind, I don't, I don't understand. What are your options? What do you think's out there? So I'm happy that he's played well the first two games because I, I think it, I would have hated to see him play poorly knowing that he's talented and then everyone kind of jumping on the get rid of him train and then maybe this experiment wouldn't have lasted. I think this guy at the moment gives you the best chance to win until you show me someone else. And I don't see it in the NFL anywhere. So unless you're going to the draft and I want to see the guy who it is, I don't, I don't know what your options are. The guy doesn't make any money. You could build around them. So I think everybody should buy in. You know, I'm not saying give them MVP. I'm not saying give them a ten year contract at the moment. But I think let's get behind the guy. You know, he's put the work in, that's obvious. He's gotten better. And he checks all the off the field stuff. My hope for him is if I could say anything to him, I would say stay true to who you are and what got you here. Do not let a good run or all these guys that hated you that now love you turn you away from who you are and get you out of yourself i i saw a few things i didn't love he tweeted after the game um hurts doesn't it you know he's not a big social media guy he's he was doing a little dancing and you know a little folding his arms and look i'm all look you can have fun and you play with confidence you work hard it's a it's important to 
express yourself. But he's a, he's a quiet, reserved guy, you know, and that's what got him here. That's what people love about him, his focus. So if I could say anything to him, I'd say, look, on this journey, no matter what happens, stay true to you. Don't don't allow things to inflate your ego. Don't allow things to get to your head. Don't allow people that don't like you who will turn on you again in a minute. Just ask Carson Wentz how quick they'll turn on you when things don't go well. Don't allow, keep that noise out. And he seems like he does a good job of it. So I, I don't want to overreact to some things I saw, but I just hope that that, you know, if they if they start the season really hot and there's a lot of hype and it, it doesn't get to him. Because I, the number one thing I love about him is his, his uh, humility, how reserved he is when he comes off the field, goes right to the bench, all business, all focus, looking at the iPad, what can he do better, always critiquing, keeping those guys in line, leading by example. So I think it's exciting, you know, barring injury, I think it's going to be at least a fun year. I think you're going to be excited most weeks. I don't think that there'll be a lot of um, a lot of disappointment. I think the culture has changed a little bit. These guys seem to really like each other. They play for each other. They play for the coach. The coach is in it with them. He's got a lot of fire. And they can do it all on offense, man. They can run it. Hurts can run it. They got tight end. They got receivers. And if, if he can continue to, to throw accurately and make the decisions like he did Monday night, the sky's the limit. Not to dampen the mood, Philly's starting a three-game, four-game series, I'm sorry, with Atlanta. Had a brutal start to this nine-game stretch that I've been yelling about for months. September 16th through 25th, I was worried about it. They started 0-4. Last night looked terrible, down 3 nothing into the 8th. Pull that game out in extra innings. Matt Veerling, 5 for 5. Hear that? That's the sound of a walk-off albatross. A two on a par five to win a two-day golf tournament. That shot happened to me. One in 600 million odds. Since then, people call me Alby. Now, I've told this story so often, my friends can't take it. I'm pretty sure my wife, next time I tell her, she's going to leave me. So I decided to start a podcast to tell the entire world about it. Because it deserves it. It's the craziest shot you've never heard of. And guess what? There's tons more stories like this all around golf. And that's what our podcast is all about. Join me and my fellow degenerates, Pam. Panda and Shepard as we dive into them. Insane bets, crazy what-if scenarios, and all the you-had-to-be-there type moments in golf. Find us wherever you get your podcast. Did I tell you about Malbatross? Up one nothing tonight. I think they're two and a half up on Milwaukee. Milwaukee won today, so I think they're two up, depending on what happens this game. They have the tiebreaker. So we're down to, I think we're down to 14 games. After tonight, be 13 games. I think they probably have to win seven or eight of those, and they're in, I think. So I, I would have that as my number if I'm paying attention. But up until last night, they looked brutal. I didn't have confidence that anybody could come in from the bullpen and get anybody out. Offensively, there's holes. Bryce has, still has to find his rhythm. They miss Mick, Nick C a lot. Even though Veerling was really good last night. But they do miss Nick C, I think. Reese, I don't know. Reese has been okay. I, I, I don't... I think I'm finally at the point I want to trade Reese in the offseason for pitching. 
he does, you know, I don't know if Reese knows how to win. He's laughing the other night at second base in this middle of this losing streak. He's he's in the dugout laughing. He gets hurt in the September all the time. He's not, I don't know. I just, I think I'm kind of done with Reese. Up and down, decent player, but I don't know. I think I'd move him. JT's been amazing. He's been on fire. Stotts made a couple weird plays at short, a couple weird throws. But one thing we talk about all the time, me and a buddy of mine, and I've asked this to a lot of people. I never get an answer. If we don't get a leadoff hitter, we are never going to go anywhere. I, I, I want to start off saying I like Kyle Schwarber a lot. I like the guy. I actually like the guy. There's some guys I don't like. I like this guy a lot. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a leader in the clubhouse. I think he's a good mentor for young kids, for guys that haven't been there, has a ring. Probably going to hit over 40. I think he might be at 40 now. I forget, 39 or 40. But he's probably going to hit over 40. He's at 84 RBIs. He does have 20 doubles. I didn't know he had that many doubles. But, I mean, he's had over 530 at-bats. So I guess it's really not that many. But this guy leading off, I don't know what he does other than hit home runs. He doesn't, he hits 215, I don't know, around there. His own base is 310 maybe. His OPS is under 1,000. It's under 800 even. For a guy with 40 home runs, terrible. Doesn't steal bases. One terrible outfielder. Slow on the base path. So I'm look. All those things aren't necessarily his fault that he's slow and all. But they put him leadoff hitter every night, every single night. And I know part of that is we don't have leadoff hitters. We don't have a a, a leadoff hitter that you can point to and say, yeah, that's definitely our leadoff hitter. But that has to get fixed in the off season. So it's going to be an interesting thirteen games. I you know. I think we have to get through this weekend. We have to win two. I said we'll probably go three and six. If we win two, we'll be three and six over the nine. And then if we can come out of that Sunday, Brewers are playing in Cincinnati for three. One tonight, I believe. Last time I saw they were winning. I'm sure they held on. It'd be nice if they could lose at least one of those. If they sweep, that'd be a problem. But I think having the tiebreaker is huge. And then we got the Cubs and Nationals before Houston. And I'm a little worried about the Cubs and Nationals just because, I mean, the Cubs swept us coming out of the All-Star break, so maybe we'll get some revenge. Nationals, I think we're I think we're 14-2 against. So are we going to go 17-2 against teams, a team with that's loose, that's going to look to play spoiler, that's somewhat of a rival of ours? I'm a little worried about that series. Cubs are also, will also be loose. And then you got to go to Houston. And the problem with Houston is they have it wrapped up, but they have a bye this year, which is new. They're not going to rest everybody for that long, the whole last series and a bye. So there'll be guys that probably have days off. Maybe someday they'll all have off. They'll probably be mixed and matched. But I don't know that those that series is, is not going to be easy. So they, this is how I look at it. I look at seven wins to get to 88. Two against the Braves takes you 83. Nationals and Cubs series, that's six games. you got to win four of six. That takes you to 87. That should be doable. Just win both series. And one in Houston. Take the pressure off a little bit, one in Houston. If you do that, you get to 88. they got to go. Brewers have to go after tonight. Um, I think they won tonight, so they'd have to go nine and three. I'm not saying it's not doable, but that's puts a lot of heat on them. It'd be beautiful if we get to 89 wins. 
But realistically, looks like 88 is probably the number to shoot for. Expert Ricky Batalico said 93. Guy's stealing money. I don't know how he says 93 because he picks them every night. He should say 162. These guys are stealing money. I, I also, just so everybody knows, I have the Phillies game on mute by the third inning now. McCarthy is brutal. Kruk is brutal. Ben Davis is brutal. McCarthy is the worst. He is such a non-Phillies fan. He's just getting a paycheck. I think he's a Mets fan, really. That's where he came from. He laughs all game. They lose five in a row. He's They're down 3 nothing in the eighth inning. He's laughing, giggling, talking about hot dogs. So most of the game after the third inning is on mute. Phillies have to do something about this broadcast next year. I don't think they will. I don't know if they listen. Social media is just filled with people that are going off about this broadcast. It's been 11 years since they've been in the postseason in the major market. There's been brutal years. They're in a pennant race trying to get in, bat, crawling their way in with injuries. And this guy has no awareness. No one tells him, Tom, look, down 3 nothing in the 8th after it looks like they're collapsing. You know, just, just seem a little somber. Or at least don't talk about food. He leaves on weekends, does NFL games. This guy's just in there for a paycheck. They got to get a fan. I mean, I miss Harry so much growing up on Harry. You, you felt it when Harry when they lost Harry. You could feel he was in pain. Even Wheeler. These guys are stealing money. So, anyone from the Phillies is listening. Sal, I know you're the head of security down there. Tom and marketing, a couple guys I know. If you ever tune in, somebody get this message to McCarthy or to the Phillies, please. No hot dogs in the eighth inning in a five-game losing streak, please. All right, guys. Oh, let me give you my pick. So I do like, I have to say, I do like Washington with the six and a half. That, I think, I don't want to do this against the Eagles, but I'm just trying. Look, I lost the Panthers game. I like Dallas at home. I wasn't on the podcast to confirm it. So I'm, I'm one and one, my hand to God. I do like Washington at home with a six and a half. I'd probably buy a point to get it to seven and a half. I think they're going to make it a game. Short week for the Eagles. I think the Eagles can win, but um, I think it's going to be a tough game, tight game. All right, guys. Check in next week. Thanks. Yeah, guys.